0: Okay. So we're going to talk about take the limits off God. Amen. Praise God. So we need to learn to take the limits off God because just naturally, being who we are, we always think something is too hard for him. Amen. You know, we'll trust him with this, but we don't trust him with something else because it looks too hard because we look in the natural and we think it's too hard or we think god doesn't want us to have it or we make up our minds that because it looks too hard we just say Eh, i don't need it but you know really and truly we put limits on god when we don't really know that that's what we're doing but we have to remember that God is able to perform it. He said that in his word. And we have to start taking God at his word. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above. See, all these, these scriptures that we recite all the time have to become real to us. Now, how do they become real? Because you meditate on them day and night. And when you meditate on the word, it changes your thought process. Really, we have to change our thinking. And we have to change our thinking from accepting things just the way they are, accepting um, negativity or accepting things that are common to our everyday life. We we need to start accepting things that are uncommon. I listened to a teaching by, um, what's her name? Our girl. Uh, Kelly Cruz. Kelly Cruz. And she was talking about the uncommon and transitioning your thinking process to receive the uncommon, not just what's common, not what we're, we're used to thinking. You know, change how we think and change what we expect. And, and my thing and the way I'm thinking and the way I think God is teaching it to me to give to you is to... Uh, change your expectation and stop thinking that things will never change because that's what's causing things not to change is your expectation. And so, welcoming it, learn to embrace what you're not used to. Learn to embrace the unfamiliar. That's how I I put it. We need a clear mindset and we need to not yield to temptation. And the devil wants us to quietly believe that things will never change. You know, we really are afraid to get happy, totally happy about something and rejoice like the Bible says, rejoice. Again, again I say rejoice because we have something to rejoice about. But we get stuck in this rut and it's a mindset where we don't think things are ever going to change. Amen, But it's time to step up. I heard some preacher tell me, step it up, lift that foot up, step up. I know, I know, I know. Lift the foot up. But, you know, some of them, they get real comical. But they do whatever they can do to get people to participate and look at this as a real thing. And so stepping up to me means to, uh, like Pastor Barb was preaching about the other day. When she was saying that we need to do a corresponding action to your faith. Amen. Well, it's real quiet in here today. Corresponding, yeah. Hallelujah. You know, this is what the Lord is telling me for today is Isaiah 54. So let's go there. Isaiah 54. And it talks about lengthening your cords. And this is what... I am, I'm hearing God today. I mean, it's the same thing, but, you know, only God knows what we need and what we need to do. So we need a clear mindset, and we need to learn to embrace the unfamiliar because most of us are common with the place of un- lack and unfamiliarity. We're used to things not going right. We're used to bad news. Condition your brain to receive good news. Re- condition your brain. See, we can turn this around, but God is not going to make us think differently. He's not going to make us uh, condition our minds to receive good news. Amen. He's just not going to do it. But we need to get the, to the place where God is, we know God is willing and able and, you know, we need to start saying God can and he will. We need to start thinking that God can and he will. And it's all a part of renewing our minds in the word of God, according to Romans twelve two, So that we can shift our thought process. And that's what I call it. Shifting your thought process from common or to the familiar to the uncommon. Or to what God really wants for us. Because, see, the will of God is what God has for us. The will of God is God's plan. And, and so we need to, in other words, condition our thinking to the will of God. Amen? What God wants and not what we want for our lives. But we have to start to receive and embrace what God has for us. And if we don't change how we think, then nothing new will come in. Nothing new coming in and nothing new coming out. So don't rule it out, you know, this new thing. Expect new things. You know, because that scripture that says, Behold, God is doing a new thing. Can't you not see it? Don't Can you not perceive it? And so the Bible is trying to tell us to con- condition your mind to thinking differently. Condition your thinking to welcome new things because in these new things may be what you need. And what you want. And so we have to embrace it instead of putting a guard against it. Because we're too suspicious. And yeah, I'm, I'm talking about me too. This is how we've conditioned ourselves to live. Because we don't want to be, what's the word? You know, when we get so used to things not going the new thing. not When we get used to not seeing anything change. I'll put it like that. We condition our mind to that. So when, if if God is bringing the new thing in, sometimes we'll miss it. And, and I have to admit that I have missed some things that God had for me simply because I wasn't looking, and it went right past me, and I wasn't looking. And then I would get mad because I'm like, well, God, why didn't you tell me? Well, he was telling me. <laughs> but was I listening? No, I wasn't. See, c- because the devil is good at changing your focus to something else, Because he wants us to give up on God. He wants our faith and our hope and our trust not to be in God, but to be in the natural, be in ourselves. And then this is why so many people pick up and do things themselves because they think God's not going to do anything. Well, he's trying because the Bible says that blessings go past us every day and we miss it. You know, and it says that grace and mercy follow us every day. So where's my grace? Where's my mercy? Hey, grace. Hey, mercy. But see, it's following me because the Bible says it'll run after me and overtake me. But we have to get in that vein, you know, and if our thinking is not there, see, and then it's like this. What does grace and mercy look like? You see what I'm saying? We don't know. But we do have a picture in our mind of what grace and mercy is supposed to be. But we don't know. But we we start to think that we know, and if something don't look like grace and mercy, we don't pay it any attention. I know that has happened to me because God has sat down and told me, and He says, "Remember this, this," and He said that was it was something attached to that. That was a, another blessing, and I'm like, man, you know. And so, but the good thing about God, and I think this is what I'm saying today, is that He'll bring it around again. You know why? Grace and mercy. Following us all today, and He's bringing it around. And I believe the season has come before—not with everybody, but I believe there has been seasons where we could have gotten the promise, but it passed us by because of op- missed opportunities. Amen. But thank God that He is so gracious that this is the year the believer. He's saying for all of you that missed it, or were in a wrong thinking pattern. When it was coming by, he says, I'm bringing it around again. He says, you won't miss this. Amen. Hallelujah. You won't miss this. And remember, I can remember Barb taught this teaching years ago, but you might remember it. And it said, you couldn't mess this up if you tried. That came back to me, and God is bringing that back. Because we do mess stuff up. We mess stuff up with our not believing, our unbelief, our not expecting. You know, and all these little things that's rolled in our fear, big fear, that plays a big part. And when you are in fear of what God is going to bring you, then you will miss it. And God showed me that. He said, I'm like, Dad, well, what was I doing? Probably involved with them kids. You understand? Or doing some project with somebody up in here. You know, you don't know. And I'm not saying don't do these things, but I'm just saying you have to keep your eye open for God. And see, sometimes we, well, with me, I was trying to keep myself busy, to keep my mind straight. But sometimes the devil is tricky, and he'll try to sneak something in there so that you really focus on the wrong thing. And here goes grace and mercy going by. And doesn't that make sense? So guess what? We ain't missing it this time. Because God ain't going to let us miss it. He's bringing, I'm telling you, the year, and guess what? This has never been done before. Ne- nobody can tell you, no no prophet, you know, it's been a prophet 20, 30 years, can tell you this is ever the year a believer has never. If you go back in the archives, because I tried, and looked up all these prophecies since they start putting on it, you ain't going to find it. Never has this been done. Because God is doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing, and that's why he showed me the book of Isaiah, and I said, well, I'm going to just stay in here and just get everything that I need to get, so Isaiah 54, verse 1, and it says, sing, O barren, you who have not born, and so he's talking about Uh, a woman he's equating it to childbirth a barren woman but also it's those who have never broke forth in your blessing so you know that you've been waiting and waiting and waiting and you've never seen it and it's like never giving birth but you've been pregnant for so long but that thing has never come to fruition because somewhere along the line it got lost and see, it's called broken focus. And it's also called a devil. Because the last thing he wants is for us to get our mindset how can I put that changed and conditioned. To receive something from God that you have been waiting on. Something that's going to really make your heart sing. But in 54 it's saying, sing, O ye barren. In other words, this is something to talk about. This is something to be happy about. Sing, O barren. It says, you who have not born, you know, or given birth. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored with child. And he was talking about old barren Israel. Amen. And it says, for for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. It says, enlarge the place of your tent. And so it says, God is about to break forth some things in your life. That's what this is telling us. God is about to break forth. It says, and let them stretch out the curtains of their dwelling. Or, you know, it means roll out that carpet where you expect more. Move out the walls. You know, if this is 3,000 square feet, push it out where it looks, it feels like 3,500 square feet. In other words, push the walls out where you can consume more and receive more from God. You know, imagine this being a holding place for food and supplies for, for other people out there. And suppose it was so much, we, we say we can't get no more in here. And then we would just pray and say, God, expand the walls so that we can receive more. This is what God is telling us. You know, expand what you can do or what you can believe, expand your understanding, expand your expectation so God can give you more because he wants to give you more than what you have been receiving. It is time. Don't look at what you see there, that voice to tell you, but I did this, I wasn't faithful. Nope. Agree with the adversary because, see, he tries to get you on that and wear you out. I'm telling you, you know, and then if you stay on that roll, your heart will start to condemn you whenever God will start trying to speak peace to you and speak blessings. Something in your heart is saying, "Uh uh-uh, because I did too much. I messed up. And so you have to learn how to forgive yourself and learn how to amen learn how to receive forgiveness from god and that's why it says perfect love cast out fear that fear will come upon you when you don't feel worthy of what god but i'm telling you this is the year to believe it didn't say the year of the good believer (laughs) said the believer amen so hey we all have been in in these situations where we've been angry Uh, Next next to hate and all these things, murder. (laughs) But God is faithful, amen. He is faithful, hallelujah. And he is faithful and just to forgive us, but you know what that connotates? Repentance. Faithful and just to forgive us of all of our unrighteousness. But that means you forgive. him when you forgive, and you say, God, you know what? I realize that I wasn't being whatever. He comes and he forgives. Amen. And mercy follows. Here comes mercy saying, well, what do you want? Go in there and buy with no money just like everybody else. And you wonder, well, what did I do to deserve this? Nothing. Amen. And it's bad to get caught up in that. Just agree with the devil. It's so much easier. Just say, okay, yeah, I did that, 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 that. And I did some stuff you don't even know about, devil. But you know what? God is faithful. And if we could get that on, on the inside of our spirits that God is faithful, I'm telling you, we'll see more things that he's doing. Because this, this gives him more opportunity to do more for us. God is faithful. Hallelujah. So in, enlarge the place of your dwelling tent. And that means make room for more. Amen. Enlarge it. You know, enlarge your thinking. And let God do what he wants to do so badly. It says, and let the, them stretch out the curtains of their dwellings and do not spare. And when it says do not spare, that means don't limit. Don't go back to limiting what God can do. And lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. And the stakes is something that holds down like a tent. And the stakes are in the ground. And that's your faith. Faith holds things uh, together until you see the promise. So So in other words, strengthen your faith. Well, how do I strengthen my faith? By meditating in the Word. I'm telling you, everything is going back to meditating on the Word. Everything. And this is what we have to do. There's no other way. Amen. So spare not. Don't limit God's blessings. And it says, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited inhabited so stretch your faith break forth and do not fear verse forces do not fear for you will not be ashamed and this is why sometimes we don't push forth in our faith because we're afraid that if god don't do it and i'm expecting and i'm putting everything into it and i don't see it then i'm going to be mad i'm going to be disappointed and I will be ashamed, and everybody will talk about me. But that's what Pastor Barb was talking about when she said, put it on the line. Put your reputation on the line. Put everything on the line. Everything that's going to make you feel uncomfortable, that's what God is after amen and if you would be willing to do it for the sake of the gospel it's not for us you know it's not for you but you put it on the line for god you know and i talk to god and i say, look this is gonna make me look worse (laughs) but you know what he told me well hey it ain't no worse than what they already saying where's your man you understand what i'm saying and so what do i have to lose i don't have anything to lose and i have everything to gain everything to gain you know, because it's time. And I think that's what the, that preacher meant when he said, put your foot down, lift it up and put it down. You know, and that means put your foot down on the devil or put your foot down and say enough is enough. I'm ready for change. Amen. So we have to prepare for change. You, it's not enough to just say I'm ready because, see, your flesh can be ready for something your heart and your your mind and your spirit is not ready for. And so all these things have to line up. Amen. If you feel like you cannot fight another day, is anybody in here feeling like that or been there? I know I've been there. And if you feel like you cannot fight another day, you're like the runner, the the what's that runner? The marathon runner that is almost seeing the, the finish line, and that's why you out of you you just tired. Or some people says I ain't even. I ain't even gonna go there no more. I ain't getting involved in that hurt anymore. See, that's the the marathon runner. He is either gonna quit at the fit, cause you're at the finish line. That's what I'm trying to say. And you're either gonna quit and walk the rest of the way and say I'm not doing it and going on, on the sidelines, or you're gonna stay in the in the race and condition your mind to stay in that race. I don't care how many people pass you by. You said, I'm not quitting. I've been in this race this long. I'm going to get to that yellow line. You can see it in the distance. And I'm telling you, that's where everybody is. The finish line is there. Even though you didn't work to get there, even though, see, that's the devil's trick again. You didn't do nothing to get there. How'd you get to the finish line? I wrote in on other people's faith. But there's the finish line. And all God wants us to do is get to the finish line amen hallelujah <laughs> praise god and so you stay in that race although you can't hardly breathe and so you start galloping and then some i've seen some people walk in you know i always say well, what the race is over what are they doing somebody already never understood that but i understand it now they stayed in the race until they get to that finish line they're not, they're not going to go on the sidelines. I would see some people going over. I thought those were the smart ones. I say, yeah, they, they went and got them some water, and they went and cut across the parking lot, got in their car. Smart. They didn't win the race. Winning the race is staying in the race. Amen. Crossing that finish line. I don't care when you get to it. You ever seen these people who, who, who finished the finish line and the people at the finish line are doing something different? But that, it's that determination. It's that mindset that I am not a quitter. That I'm going I can see the finish line, and I am so close. I am not gonna stop right now. Um, there's no stopping me, and that's so important. I, you know, you live and you learn. Hallelujah. But those people who who race and who condition their bodies and prepare for races, we can we can learn a lot if we watch them. Amen. So stop limiting God and get conditioned in your mind and condition your mind for blessing and overflow amen and that's what isaiah 54 is telling us although it don't seem like it but it's telling us to condition our minds for blessing and overflow in other words make room because if you lengthen your cords and and reinforce your stakes in the ground, that's so it won't cave in because it's so full. Amen. So condition yourself for overflow because this is what uh, God brings in at the finish line. At the finish line, there's praise, there's rejoicing, there's blessing, but there's also overflow. Amen. And we need to condition our mind for the overflow. So don't rule things out because it's new and because it's never happened before stop thinking the same old thoughts with the same old expectation the same because you're gonna get the same old results amen more disappointment more heartbreak so stay in the race don't quit stretch your faith be strong in verse four do not fear for you will not be ashamed god will remove the shame it says neither be disgraced For you will not be put to shame, for you will forget the shame of your youth. Now, what is God saying? He's saying you just letting fear and shame threaten you. He says, but I'm telling you right now, I'll remove that shame. It's just a feeling. He says, but don't let fear and shame stop you from the finish line. Amen. He's saying, you know, keep going. Don't let embarrassment stop you. You know, keep moving. You, This is a, a test of your obedience. This is part of it. It's a test for obedience. It's a test of your, uh, your stableness or your stability in your mind. It's, it's, a it's just a, a work for God. This is a work for God. It, it gets personal with you and God. It, it will X out other people and it starts being a work that you need to do for God. Amen. So, you know, expand your ability to believe. If you know you you have a problem with believing, get in the word until you come out believing every scripture that's in there. Amen. And see when we start believing, we'll do that that act. What did Barb call that? Yeah, corresponding. the co- corresponding, amen, the corresponding act. See, that's why we don't do the corresponding action, because we don't have faith in it, or it's going to cost us too much. And now what is the corresponding action? It's something that supports you. what you say. It's what supports what you've been saying. It's that natural action that's going to back up the the religious jargon. You know, I'm in it to win it, or, you know, (coughs) I believe I receive when I pray, you know, or anything that you are, I'm standing for this. Well, you got to back that up with a corresponding action. In other words, your faith has been working up to this point, but it's got to have some works to go with it. And that's the corresponding action. It can be whatever your heart tells you. Whatever. See, your heart tells you what your corresponding action is going to be. Your heart speaks to you. The Holy Spirit will speak to your heart and tell you what you need to do. And everybody's corresponding action may be different. But I know, hint, hint, the corresponding action might make you feel ashamed or embarrassed. Sometimes it's just you need to tell people and just don't care about what. Because let me tell you. People going to say the wrong thing. Condition yourself for that. Kick it out. Or do like I did. I have something really, really good to say to them. Amen. And so you have to, and don't try to think about what you're going to say. God, just trust God in this. But your corresponding action is whatever God is telling you in your heart to do. And it's something that you probably don't want to do. Because that corresponding action is going to cost you something. It's going to cost you, your, it's gonna cost you your, um, your pride. That's why he wants you to do it. And guess what? Without that corresponding action, you can do everything else. But until you do that one thing, it won't happen. He won't bring it to pass. Everybody knows what their corresponding action is. Sometimes we'll try to please God with doing more, which we all need to do more. But that one thing that is on your heart, and everybody knows, sometimes a corresponding action is stop doing what you've been doing, you know, and do something different. Or quit, you know, quit dating and be celibate. That can be a corresponding action. And some people it might be to trust God with whoever he sent you. Trust God. Don't trust yourself. Trust God. Amen. That what he brings you is going to be the right thing. Amen. And so if God's trying to get rid of that shame. Because if he don't get rid of it now, what's going to happen if you got the blessing? Or if you went out and got it on your own? But you won't be the blessing, it'll be a look alike. But if you went out and see and this is why a lot of people settle for being by themselves, they don't want to give. They made up in their minds they've given enough and they're not gonna give anymore. more. And so, you know, or the I think the most thing I'm just speaking from experience, what it is is we think God don't know what we want. Or he's gonna give you uh, it won't work. It'll be okay for a while, but what God gives you is eternal. Amen, honey. He know how to whip people up in shape. They go for bad, but they ain't was so bad. Let me tell you about God. I just think God beat up a whole lot of people and beat their uh, flesh down, and what was in their spirit was more pure than what was in mine. You know. So God can do whatever you want Him to do. He's here for you, darling. <laughs> But he needs your cooperation. So lengthen your cords. See, if you expect him to do more, he'll do more. Amen? Expect him to do something different. It's like, look, I've been through that too many times. I don't want want it anymore. But expect him to do something different. Just trust him all the way. Trust him with your whole heart. Is that making sense to anybody today? Verse 5. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name, and your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. In other words, your maker is your husband. He knows what you want. He's your father. He's everything to you. If he can't get it right, I don't know. It ain't no getting right. (laughs) If he can't give you what you want, it's no giving you anything. Amen. So the most important thing here to me in Isaiah 54, we need to start thinking right. Let's flip over to Isaiah 55, verse 10. Well, I'm going to do nine because it says, so are my ways higher than yours. Yeah, we know the scripture, but we need to mix it all together with what's going on today. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Now, that's telling you right there I'm not coming the way you you want me to come. See, that's what we're afraid of change, afraid of new things, and we'll fight tooth and nail. We do people like this when they're just trying to help us. We fight them tooth and nail because of our fear. Amen. Well, that didn't get a good amen, but it's still true. Because of the unknown, we don't want to venture in. And see, if we've ever done that, that's, a, that's an, an example of what's on the inside of you so you know your problem. If it's fear, fear will keep your blessing from coming. You need to confess it and ask God to help you with that because he didn't give you the spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind. See, God's given us, he gets rid of fear through loving you more. And you receive it from loving him, receiving his love. You know, and that thing where I'm too bad or I didn't pray right or, see, that'll keep you from receiving God's love. It's like, Daddy, I'm a bad girl. (laughs) You understand what I'm, but I'm still, you're still my mentor, my father, my blesser, and I'm receiving what you have for me because I've gotten off. That's the way you got to look at it. I've gotten off course, and you're my father and my husband. So you mentor me with your, with your understanding and your love, which is what he does, and get me back on the right path. That's what he does. But that door's got to be open. Amen? And you leave that door open for him to love you. And see, I'm, this, you know why God has taken us through all of this? Because when you get the promise, he don't want you to mess it up. Amen? No beating up, no husbands. If you didn't do it already, it's too late. No, 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 can't do it. No drive-bys, no throwing them nails for them tires. We can do it. <laughs> we can do this. And see, he wants that old mindset gone so that he can just show you what a real Christian marriage is all about. Because really none of us have had that. We had the carnal ones. We haven't had the the godly marriage you know he was in the house but god was in the corner you, you know what i'm saying amen when my house my husband always let me do the christian stuff and he rolled off the fringes amen he but thank god he didn't get in my way he never told me not to serve he knew he had he knew that much you know he didn't try to stop me from serving god thank god amen So I'm looking forward to him uh, and my whole house serving the Lord where he will want to serve too and not stay in the bed while I'm up because that's the way it always was, you know. And so, you know, God is all up for those changes. And I'm not giving up on that because this is what God has promised me. The whole house will serve and worship. Amen. The whole house. Isaiah 55.10. Let's finish. And 10 it says, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that is, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that comes forth out of my mouth. So in other words, he's saying the abundance of rain will come and that's when he brings blessings from heaven and it will cover the whole earth water every seed that you planted and this is how it's done and it brings forth a bud amen so so shall my word be that goes from my mouth it shall not return to me void now look god has given us some promises he's telling us in so many ways He said, just like the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and it returns and it don't go back up, it stays down and it finds something on earth. It finds a seed to water. Are y'all here today? He says that it may give seed to the sower, bread to the eater. The bread is the result of that seed. He said, so shall my word that goes out of my mouth. In other words... The abundance of rain will find that seed, and it'll water it, and it won't come back void, and it'll accomplish what I please. It says, and it shall prosper in the thing which I've sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth. And you're going to see a lot of that word breaking forth. Lately, I mean, from now on, you go, until you see the promise, you're going to see a lot of that breaking forth. And so the mountains and hills shall break forth into singing before you. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of thorns, there shall come up cypress trees. And In other words, instead of the normal. You, we condition ourselves to receive what's coming, the new thing. And behold, God is doing a new thing. Don't you perceive it? See, if you listen to all of the word that's being preached, you know, in the year of the believer, you got to get your mind trained to, re- in, to to receive what's new. And don't try to figure out. See, that that's when we get involved. That's when God says, no, wait, hold it. I'm putting on the brakes. Because he already told us in Isaiah, was that? Oh, in verse 9 of 55, he says, so my ways are higher than yours and my thoughts are not your thoughts. So he's not going to bring in what we think. It's going to be better than what we think because he's God and he knows how to surprise you. He knows you. He, he made us on that potter's wheel. He's the potter. and We're the clay. And it says, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree and it shall be to the Lord for a name. For an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. And that's prosperity. Amen. So, good things, if we allow God, He only has good things for us. Let's turn to Galatians 4. Galatians 4, verse 27. And verse 27 says, For it is written, Rejoice, O barren. Amen. Does that word look familiar? That means those who have not been producing. Those who have not seen a blessing. Those who ain't seen the husband or the wife. That's the old barren. It says, You who do not bear. Those who have not been bearing fruit. Break forth. See, there's that break forth word again. Break forth and shout, you who are not in labor, for the desolate has many more children than she who has a husband. Amen. Are y'all getting this? Amen. And then 28, it talks about Isaac, who was a child of promise. So it's like, who better to, to, where would he better put a spot for Isaac than in verse 28. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. Now we are. But as he who was born according to the flesh, talking about Ishmael, then persecuted him who was born according to the spirit, even so it is now. Are y'all understanding? Amen. So you see what's going on in the Middle East. And it has not stopped. So he who was born to a, um, a barren mother, he who was born to the uh, flesh, the woman of flesh, persecutes he who was born to the spirit, mother of a spirit. Amen. But what does the scripture say in verse 30? It says, nevertheless, what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall be heir. With the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but children of the free. Amen. God knows how to bless you wherever you are. You are heirs to a blessing. In other words, you are due a blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. Because you are not a mistake. And those who have been bearing, that's a church that's not producing. Amen. Don't mean heads. See, that's people so carnal. They get it, they get it twisted. Doesn't mean count people. Amen. Amen. That means you're not doing anything productive. You don't evangelize. You know, you're not getting out the word. You're not publishing the word. You know, you're not changing lives. You're not feeding the poor. You're not doing anything like that. That's, that's a church that's barren. Church that is not full of the spirit. Don't teach the Holy Ghost. You know, th- that's what he's saying. Amen. But what do people do? Count heads. Because that's the carnal thing to do. Amen. Or if you're not passing out, uh, what's them things, tracks, then you're not doing what's right. That, and that, I ain't never read that before. But people are conditioned to think how they want to think. And so we have to stop doing that and get with what God is doing, we'll get with what's scriptural, amen. So it says, O barren woman, break forth in rejoicing, and break forth in joyful shout, you who are not feeling the birth pangs, amen. In other words, you don't have to feel like you're about to give a baby to be pregnant. You don't have to feel the birth pangs to be right at delivery, or right at the finish line. Are y'all hearing me? In other words, listen, don't go by how you feel. If you're not feeling any birth pains, it's okay. Just believe. See, this is a belief this is a thing that's in here and in here. In your head and in your heart. It has nothing to do with how you feel. Nothing. Don't go by well, I don't feel like nothing's changing. That's what I'm saying. Don't go by that. Don't go by how it look because you miss it. And that's how we've missed this for so many years, going by how it looks, going by how we feel, amen, going by what the devil tell us. Well, you didn't do this. You didn't invest. No, but I want to ride in on everybody else's. You know a good example of that? The man that was lowered into the ceiling. Pastor Barb talked about him, and I got that. He didn't pay the price, but he still was lowered. He rode in on somebody else's faith, amen, that, so and see, he did the doing. Okay, well, what was his corresponding action? Staying on that cot, letting them lower him down. Cause I, you probably would have got off of there and said, "Look, don't be doing that," cause you know it's they gonna make me pay for this roof. You know, <laughs> I don't want no parts of that. But he did the corresponding action by doing what they told him to do. He paid the price like that. And so God is saying, "Don't look at how it looks." That's what's kept us messed up. Don't look at how we feel. Well, I'm not about to give birth. I can't break forth because I don't have labor pains. It don't matter. Somebody, let somebody else have them. But you, you're you at the finish line, so you're going too far to turn back. I'm, I don't feel like I'm giving birth. I don't, in other words, I don't feel like nothing's changing. That's what that means, no labor pains. Amen. Don't go by how you feel. Go by what God just told us. Amen. That he said sing, O Baron." He said worship and pray. Sing forth. Cry out aloud. Enlarge the place of your tent. And lift your cords. And, and reinforce your stakes. Amen. If you believe God, we will take the, the limits off of him and step out. Step out in faith. And do what your heart is leading you to do. That's the corresponding action. It's do what God is telling Don't check with nobody. You do what God is telling you to do in your heart. Make sure it's coming from your heart, not your flesh. That's the thing. Now, how can I tell the difference? You'll find a scripture in this Bible to confirm what your heart is telling you to do. If it ain't in there, that's your flesh. <laughs> Easy, it's your flesh. But if it's if it's um, a fleshly thing, this Bible is gonna refute it. That's so you check in with God and and do what your heart is telling you to do. Will you be blessed? For probably God will, but it, I mean I didn't mean to say blessed. Will people appreciate it? Probably not. But that's not what we're doing here. You're trying to get God's approval. You're trying to get on the same wavelength with God so He can take this problem away and on to the next thing that He's doing in your life. Amen. And so we don't want to be a snare to ourselves by questioning God. We gotta learn how to stop. And see that's what we mind by we mean by conditioning your mind for the uncommon, you know, and the unfamiliar. You got to start accepting that maybe something different, maybe. And I'm like this. Well, bring it on because I'm tired of the familiar. So we need to learn how to embrace what's new. Behold, I do a new thing, and that's why people miss it because they don't want anything new, because they don't trust anything new. Is this making sense to anybody today? Amen. Amen. So we're we're we are about to step out. And correspond, in other words, a corresponding action to what God is telling you, a corresponding action to your faith. I got faith, I'm I'm reciting the word, and I'm, I'm standing on Psalm 91, well what's your corresponding action? your corresponding action for standing on psalm 91 is you don't talk fear and don't move in fear and when you hear fear you annihilate it so so that's your corresponding action okay i'll give you another example healing so i'm i'm healed i know i was healed and they were healed so i'm already healed and so what do what would be your corresponding action you know saying it when you when you have symptoms, you keep doing what healed people do. And that's a corresponding action. Do what healed people do. And that's when you know you, that's when you believe it that you're healed. Like that lady that went around with that thing on her neck, this big thing, and she was happy and talking about I'm healed, da 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 da, da and people was talking about it and looking at her and laughing. This was in the church. True story. And she went back to God because people kept saying, well, if you healed, why is that thing there? See, that don't mean you ain't healed. It's on you. Mm -hmm. It ain't in you. And so she went to to God. She said, these people keep laughing at me, and I keep telling them I'm healed. I don't understand why they don't believe I'm healed. Can you just take this thing off so they'll believe me? He said, oh, yeah, took it off. Then they said, oh, yeah, you're healed. See, that's why you can't go by what other people are saying. Because people are nuts, amen? As <laughs> long as it ain't them, they're always standing in judgment when it ain't them. And so that's why you have to go by what God is telling you, amen. amen? And as long as there's a scripture to support what you are doing, then you keep doing it. Or ask God, get with God and say, God, is this the right thing for me to be doing? But you have to get with Him. Amen. Lengthen your cords. expect God to do what He has promised. God, you said, you promise I'm standing on your word. I'm believing what you, have, you are telling me. I'm believing you, God. I'm not going by what I see or what I hear. Amen. Now the enemy is the only person who wants to cancel your promise at the appointed season. Or the appointed time. The enemy doesn't want you to get it. So you must condition your mind to receive it. In other words, step out and do a faith action. Usually it's something nice that you don't want to do. Or have a conversation that you don't want to have. And don't lose your temper and be supportive. Amen. This is how you do a corresponding action to your faith. If you believe God is going to change things, then act like it. The conversation that you would have had, dot, 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 dot. you don't have that conversation because you act like God has already changed that situation. So you have the conversation with that person that's full of love, peace, and joy. And then you worry, it's up to God to to change them. Who cares about what these people think? Because when they don't know God, so the best thing you can do is act like you know it. Amen? But this is the season. The devil wants you to miss your season again. So in other words, it doesn't mean because of your season, doesn't mean you don't have to do that corresponding action. I wish we didn't. But that's all in your preparation to receive. Amen? Prepare to receive the promise. And learn to upgrade your vision to match God's vision. In other words, you got to go higher. And you got to stop believing what you think you see. And you got to believe bigger. Believe better. Prepare for the abundance of rain and overflow. So in other words, get out of the quicksand. That you are in. Pull yourself out. Pull your feet out. Because you're in quicksand. Stuck in a rut. That's what I'm saying. Lay down. Where and how. It's supposed to happen. Lay all that down. In other words, gloves off. No more fighting God. Amen. No more fighting people. Because you already know what's going to happen. And if you don't know... You need to get in your scriptures and find out what season it is. Amen. You need to start to acknowledge that God has promised you. It's just like if your boss or your husband or anybody promised you something. You go and you say, well, you promised. Amen. It's like if you healed, this is how you're supposed to talk. You talk to them symptoms like, didn't I tell you to go away? Like. If your kid, if, if, if this little one is doing something, the grandmother ain't going to be saying, please don't do She's, did you hear what I said? So we got to mean business. Amen. It's like that little dog that kept following the lady every day to the bus stop. But then when she see the bus coming, she say, didn't I tell you to go home? Go home. And it was the tone of her voice. And what was on the inside of her hit that dog. He turned around and went home. But as long as he, she didn't use that tone and that voice and that thing that was on his, he just followed her on to the bus stop. When she saw that bus coming, she meant business. Go home. I'm, and he, he didn't say, oh, well, you must mean really go home. He knew it when he heard it because she, that was a corresponding action to what she had been telling him all along. And so she knew what, he knew she meant business. Well, you got to do that with the devil. You got to let him know you mean business. You know, well, stop it in the name of Jesus and, and you know, and I'm I'm weary. Don't be weary in well-doing. That's Galatians 6, 9. Amen. For in due season, you'll reap if you don't faint. And you don't want to fade in due season. Doubt and unbelief is a bunch of noise. In God's ear, so stop it. Stop with the noise. Amen. 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 Let's go to James two seventeen. Stop all that noise in God's ear, because it's like a broken record that we've been singing that song long enough. James two seventeen. Doubt and unbelief is noise. It says, "Thus also, faith by itself." It is, wait a minute, where am I? James two seventeen. Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. See, so that's why you need the corresponding action. Now, why do you need that? So God knows you really mean business. That's like that dog. Go home. Here come the bus. Get on home. Amen. It says in 18, but someone will say you have faith. And I have works. Show me your faith without your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. Amen. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons <laughs> believe and tremble. So in other words, believing ain't enough because demons believe. And that's what God, this is what Paul is trying to show us. He's saying, look, you say you believe. You're saying all the right things. That Christians are supposed to say, you got all that religious jargon down packed, but what do you have to back it up? And that's what he is telling us. He, in verse 20, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac? His son on the altar. See, he did more than saying, I believe. God, I know you gave me this son. Thank you for my son. He took it a step further because he already knew God had already given him the promise. It took him 20 years to believe it, but he got there. Now he had the promise, and God was saying to Abraham, if you really love me, then give him back to me. And he was doing it. And he did it right up to the point. Amen. Because he knew back then Jesus wasn't... Had not come. And so it was always a blood for blood. A human sacrifice was always, a sacrifice was always needed. And so he was willing to give his son back because God had given him a miracle. And he offered it back to him. But when God saw his faith that this, he's really going to do this. So you got to go through with this corresponding action, not just threatening to do it. Well, I'm willing. Yeah, but God don't believe you're going to do nothing until we actually do it. And see, he actually lifted up the knife, and so he said, "Okay." He stopped him and he gave him a, a ram in his place. Amen. Amen. And so that was his corresponding action, and it was accounted to Isaac. I mean, to to Abraham again, his righteousness. Amen. Because he was willing to do whatever it took. To get God's approval. See, that was relation. It's called strong relationship between him and God. Amen. So in verse twenty-two it says, "Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by fe- by works faith was made perfect? So you perfect your faith by your action, or or your works, acts. Amen." And this is the only thing that can convince God that you mean business. Amen? Now, most people want to just be nice Christians. Well, I did this for you, and I did that. Yeah, but are you willing to do the thing that I want you to do most? See, the thing that God wanted Isaac to do most, Abraham most, was to give him back what he had given him. Amen. That was Isaac. And he was like, he didn't, did he want to do it? No. But he knew in his heart what he needed to do to keep that relationship with him and God. He let his heart tell him what he needed to do. And when he did it, God knew he had done that thing. Because can you imagine the embarrassment he was going to suffer if God hadn't stepped in? You killed your son. You went around telling people, Father, many, Father, many nations, and you took his life and all that. But he didn't care. He put that on the altar, too. He says, all my shame and all my disappointment is going on this altar with Isaac. He says, but God gave him to me, and I'm an old man. He can give me another baby. This was a miracle. He can give me another one. So whatever was going through his mind, he made the decision to complete what that thing that God started in his heart. And when he did that, it was accounted to him it says in verse 22 do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect so when you do that corresponding action now now let me tell you what religion would tell you to do go start doing a whole lot of stuff to sow some seed it ain't that time no more you ain't done that i'm not saying don't do what's right you keep doing, don't stop doing what you are doing. In fact, do more. Always do more. Always. You cannot outgive God. You can't do too much for God. But that one specific thing that it's going to take to mix with your faith, it means it's either, let me tell you what, it's either stop doing something or start doing something. Oh, wow. Well, still true. Stop doing something and trust him or start doing something because you trust him. And that's where we are. And, and, and your heart, let your heart tell you what's going to work together, what, what your works is going to be to put with your faith. Amen. You, and, and it is faith to stand for many years. That's faith. But put your money on the line. Now it's the pay up time. Amen. Now's the time to really show God so He can really show you. And so be willing. Be willing to either let go or to give what you've never given before. Amen. Something to think about. Amen. Something to think about. Hallelujah. And this is all God wants us to do. He wants us to, you know, because see, the Word, think about it. The Word. Okay, word of God, you'll be the father of many nations. That needs something to ride on because it's just out there in the atmosphere, words. Words need something to ride on, faith, and then it needs you to speak it, and then it needs you to act it, act it out, and needs you to defend it, and then it needs you to to do uh, that corresponding action. That thing that you've never done before. That thing that you don't want to quit doing. To show God that you trust him enough to give you what you really want and really need. Amen. So this is the year of the believer. Amen. And God is not wanting us to miss anything. This time, we're not missing it. We're going to do that corresponding action. We're going to do what God wants us to do. Is it going to take a lot out of you? Yeah. It's going to cost you. What is it going to cost? Well, we read that it's going to cost you your, what was that? What is, yeah, your your pride. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. It's going to cost you your pride. But it was saying it in a different way and. um, Uh, Isaiah 54, we're going to have to condition our minds to thinking the way God thinks. Condition our minds for the uncommon, you know. Condition our minds to stop trusting in our own selves and trust in him, and that is pride. Pride is when you don't trust God, you know what's best for your life. It's my life. I ain't hurt nobody but me. That's pride. And the Bible says pride comes before the fall. People who are in pride, never they always fall. Amen. Make a commitment, a new commitment, to stay in that race and because you're too close to the finish line. Stay in the race until you get there. Amen. You can walk. You can run. But God don't care. He wants you to just stay in the race. And that's why Galatians 6, 9, don't be weary in well-doing because in due season. And then there's a Second Thessalonian 2 Thessalonians 2:13, I think. And it says the same thing. Same thing. It says don't be weary in well-doing. And so we have to trust God because now's the time amen big important things coming up in our lives big important things the good thing is we're not out of the race we're still in the race amen god god made us stay in the race even though we had quit we thought we quit but you know it ain't over till god said it's over but he wants to give us a whole new life. Look, God don't sit up and watch people be faithful year after year and not give them what they want. That's just not the God that I serve. It's the God that I used to serve when I didn't know him. But the God that I know now, he watches and he blesses. And he He watches over the word, our words. When we speak life, he watches over that word. He hastens to perform it. That's what he does. Amen. And so he's waiting for that right season to bless you and this is the season if you want to receive it you can amen no man forbidding it so in other words nobody can't stop you from getting your blessing amen because this is too this is too big and too strong amen and so you trust God with, with another person trust him because you can't change people and they can't change themselves but God can trust him to change that's what i'm doing i'm trusting god amen i'm trusting god and and i will never be put to shame and i won't lose i'm on the i'm on the receiving end it's no it's a it's a no brainer amen but if you want to sit in pride and think you know everything which I'm sure is nobody in here. I'm just talking to the walls, <laughs> I'm talking to these people out in in radio land, then it won't go well who wants who wants joy for a season? you want it ever let what well, what you've been through you want it for the to the end for eternity, and this is what we're dealing with. we're dealing with eternity. we're dealing with something that God has promised us. And we're standing for it, and we're going to do what he wants us to do to get the best results. He has the best gifts, amen. He gives good gifts to men, amen. He don't give you anything that ain't good. Ain't good come from the devil. And this is what he wants to do. The devil wants you to think you know what's bad. I don't know what's best. I wish I did, but I don't. See, what feels right may not be right. Don't go by your feelings. Don't go by it. Don't even get hooked up in that. Because there's the devil, again, rearing his head. Because he wants you to limit God and take matters into your own hand. It never works. But God knows you. He knows. And guess what? He heard every conversation. He saw every work. He, when you ministered to people, he heard you. Even if it didn't work out right, he, he saw your heart. Amen. Amen. And that's all you care about. All right, why don't we stop? So, Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Father. And we bless your word. And, Father, we will do that corresponding action, that thing that, that causes us to show you. That we trust you to mix with our faith because faith without works is dead. And we thank you, Father. And we praise and we thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. We just love you, Lord. Our faith is completed by our works. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. you know what I believe the Lord is saying that our actions must correspond or corroborate with what you've been believing what you've been saying in other words you need some corroboration what's that word? corroboration like in court can you corroborate this story so your faith needs something to corroborate, to to give proof. You need to give proof that that faith is the faith of God. And so God is saying that you need to show you It ain't about showing him. It's it, Look at it like this. It's what your faith needs. Your faith is like doing this across the finish line, and it's got to get there. While your season is still here, and so if you corroborate that faith, that faith of just spirit, spiritually get to the finish line and drag you, you wondering how did that's that suddenly it's the suddenly season, amen, hallelujah. But your faith needs something to corroborate, like a wit- to witness. Your faith needs something to witness that it's real and it's strong. And it's powerful enough to take you to the finish line. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you. We thank you, Father. Lord, I'm asking that you show us what we need to do. Show us what that thing is, that one thing. Show us. And and this is what the Lord, I believe, is saying. It's so simple, it won't make sense. That corroboration is such a simple thing, and we think of, what is this big thing? How many of you feel like, what is this big thing? I do. And God is saying, it's so simple, it won't make sense. Ain't that something? Because God don't play dirty, and he don't make things hard. We do. And see, we like, what is that corresponding action? It's so simple. It won't. So... Everybody get in your prayer closet and get in the Word and just meditate on the Word. And I'm telling you, it'll come. It will come. He told me what mine is. It will come. And it's so simple. And guess what? It's something he have been telling me to do for years. <laughs> I ain't do it because I didn't think it was important. I ain't think it was that important. Y'all see what I'm saying? But it's so simple, it won't make sense. I'm like, well, what is this big thing? And it's, I knew that. He says, I don't make things hard for people. I don't, he don't make things hard. He just doesn't. We make things hard because we don't understand. Why don't we understand? Because of divided focus. Because we are so afraid that God is judging us. He don't judge. He sent his, that's what his son was. Jesus, he sent his son to the cross to take the judgment. Judgment is, he don't judge. Amen. You know, he don't judge our sin. He doesn't judge our sin. Because it's been judged already. No, to one man, what's that scripture? To one man's offense, that was Adam. The, the other man came in and took board that offense, which was Jesus, and laid all of that sin. See, our sin has been judged already. He ain't judging sin. He's judging your love, your pure, the purity of your love for him. You can't love who you don't know. But I'm telling you, it don't take long. It don't take long. Amen. Thank you, Father. Bless your people in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We love you. Father, bless our food. Make it nourishment, nourishing for our bodies. Take sickness and disease from our midst. And bless the hands that prepared it in Jesus' name. And, Father, we thank you and we love you. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If anybody needs prayer, they can come up.